We're talking this week about peer support, and today we're going to talk about the challenges around peer support. So let me give you a super quick story, and that is someone told me not that long ago that he doesn't want anyone that he works with, any of his friends or anyone to help him figure out how to run his business because they don't know anything about him and what he does. So I'll leave you with that thought while we do the introduction for episode 802 of today's Antidote. Stay tuned for today's antidote brought to you by the Renegade Success Network. Today's antidote features a healthy dose of thought-provoking insights and information for business owners, entrepreneurs, leaders, and nonprofit professionals. Each day since March of 2020, this program has offered that one thing to help you continue on your own unique pathway to success. And now, Renegades, we bring you Bob Graham and Tom Brush. Hey, good morning, Tom. Button's a little sticky this morning, huh? Button was a little sticky this morning. Yes, good morning. It happens. You know, what can you do, right? Those things happen. For those of you on the podcast who weren't really sure what happened there, it just was a little introductory snafu. So move forward. Right, exactly. It happens, right? It certainly does. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to today's Antidote, our daily broadcast and podcast, where each week, Bob and I have a conversation around a topic. As Bob mentioned, this week's topic is peer support. <clears throat> and then each day, we dive a little bit deeper into that topic, and we'll talk about the challenges. Oh, excuse me. Good morning. <laughs> I just could not. Allergies starting for you because they've started for me. Uh, no, I just think that maybe a little dust got in my nose and I could not hit the mute button fast enough. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I was looking away for a second and I looked back. And <laughs> yeah. Yes. So anyhow, um, so as we go through that conversation today, uh, we welcome your thoughts and ideas because we know it'll add value to your show. And you might be thinking about something a little bit different than Bob and I have to share. And you, what you have to share might be valuable to someone else. Actually, I know it'll be valuable to someone, just not always sure who. Then at the end of the conversation, Bob and I will each share our one thing, our today's antidote. That thing that we hope will help you figure out if you might be stuck, frustrated, uncertain, or just a little um, unconfident about how to move forward, how to take that next step, and that this might help you take your next step along your own unique pathway to the success that you desire. And of course, if you have a one thing you'd like to share, even though you think, you know what, everyone already knows this, it's not really that valuable, just something that came to mind, there's a pretty good chance that saying it how you say it, with your knowledge, experience, and perspective, might be just the thing that causes someone else to hear it, finally, and then help them move forward. So please feel free to share all the value that you have. Before we dive into that conversation, though, each morning, Bob and I do our celebrations. Bob, what are you celebrating today? I'm celebrating that the new place I moved to, uh, my penthouse, I'm starting to get to know the neighbors, and they're a very nice group of people. They really are. They, Shocking. They've welcomed me in, and uh, they, they ask all the big questions, and it, it's just nice. And uh, I had a package delivered last week. So before I even had signed the contract, for some reason, the package got delivered. 
and they were kind enough to put it away for me. And they brought it, one of the people brought it out yesterday. Oh, I have a package for you. And I'm like, what? And he said it came last week. So it was a really heavy thing that he uh, provided me. So that was really nice. They could have just send, I don't know who this guy is, send it back or opened it themselves, but they were kind enough to hold on to it on the promise that someone might actually move in. Here I am. Nice. I like that celebration. How about um, you? For me, I am celebrating today. Uh, I'm going to celebrate that my wife Liz has been away for two days, and so she's coming back later today. Oh, I thought you were celebrating that she was away. I was like, that's no. not good. No, I'm <laughs> celebrating the fact that she will be coming back today. She's been out officiating, and she's had a really busy travel schedule with that, and she'll come home tonight. So I'm looking forward to having her back home for a little Are bit. you going to make dinner for her? I can't, unfortunately. I have to go officiate two lacrosse games in D.C., so she'll probably get home. Well, we'll probably uh, get home about the same time. The joy Last of a couple there. that officiates. They don't assign you the same games or same cities, it sounds like. Not not yet. I'm not quite at that level that she's at. Okay. So. One day soon. It's coming. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. So shall we move into our topic, Tom? Why not? You want to talk right. a little bit so about we're talking peer about support? peer support this week. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, the support of our peers can be very valuable, but it can also bring about some challenges. And um, one of the challenges, if I can start in, is sometimes that peer support can um, move into competition. And I've been in some situations where um, peers at work were were supporting me, but they were also in it for to win it for themselves. You know, there was a competition for a job and there would be, it it looked like support because it was support up to that point, but suddenly it shifted because it's like, well, I want the job, you want the job. And that can be dicey. Also, I think, and it gets to a bigger point of, I guess, as I think through it, when we're providing support, sometimes we can be selfish about that and we don't give them the good stuff. We tell them the tip of the iceberg or we tell them something to, send them on a wild goose chase, you know, oh no, go, go three blocks ahead. You'll see the store. Well, actually it's three blocks to the East. You pointed me North because you don't want me to get there before you. And I think that can happen from time to time. What are some of the things you think of Tom, when we talk about uh, the challenges of peer support? Well, I think that there's, um, I think one of the challenges with any sort of peer support is, uh, you know, as you sort of mentioned, just what is their intention and also what is their motive? And also sometimes that motive is not in a way to be unhelpful <clears throat> or self-serving. It's just in a way that they maybe don't have all the information and all the support and all the detail that they might need to help you figure out what to do next. Or if they're a really close peer, they may not want to say what it is that really needs to be said. Uh, and I think sometimes that's the, the one of the biggest challenges is that those hard, difficult, challenging discussions that likely could be really valuable are ones that they're maybe not prepared to offer. Because, again, you're a peer and you mm -hmm. it's not a supervisory role or a someone that you're supervising. It's a peer. And so they may not want to disrupt the current office setting or the relationship that you have had by asking a question that might be considered a little challenging um, 
that might be a little off-putting at the moment, even though considering it would add real value to the person that's being asked it. And so I think that that's some of the challenges is that they, you know, figuring out like what is their true intent and if that is as valuable as we think it is. And and I think sometimes we perceive things in the worst possible light or in the best possible light. You know, that's another challenge that comes to mind that we see it through our filter and we're not open to a full discussion. Right. I mean, it, whenever you have two people communicating, they both have to be open to that discussion, open, honest and sharing in a way that hopefully helps the other person. That doesn't always happen because, like you said, we can we can get muddled. The intent can be messed up or the language you use and the language I use. I use language that you might take offense to or you may respond in a different way than I intended. It can, especially now with texting, I've seen, you know, we've all seen where texting can uh, certainly turn the support into a uh, potential problem, right? I guess. It depends on not, what kind of conversation you, huh? you're having over text. Well, no, you can you can have a discussion over text if you're, hey, what did you think of the meeting we were just at? Oh, I thought it went okay. And you read that as okay, like okay in a negative, not okay in a positive, or just okay neutral, or I'm really busy right now. I don't have time to get into it. So I'm just saying okay to stop the discussion, right? All those things are possible because sure. communication is difficult in any case. Yes. I, you know, I think one of the other challenges is that sometimes peer support can turn into um, – I don't know quite how to phrase this. Gripe sessions. Let's put it that right. way. You know, where you think, where the conversation starts off as, hey, what did you think about that meeting? How do we have, how do we move forward with this or that? And before you know it, you're talking about that meeting wasn't effective. The leader isn't effective. The organization's got all these challenges and issues. And, and in some ways, you might almost be too close to the situation. And so those conversations can turn from valuable to really not that helpful. Um, the other thing I think that is that can become a real challenge is understanding what are the boundaries around it. You know, I think I at times found myself starting out with a conversation that, and sort of just what I was talking about, starting out with a conversation that was valuable. Hey, I have this question about this. Can we talk, talk through it? And before we know it, we've dived back into all the other challenges and obstacles within the organization or, or in whatever it is that we're sharing in common and having that discussion around. And that that heads us down a pathway that's takes up a significant amount of time. And that might not be as effective as it could be. Or you might have someone who feels like, wow, I really feel like this is a good friend. I need to offer them the support they need even though the support they need seems like it's going to take an hour and I really don't have an hour. I have right. about 15 minutes. Um, and so I think that so often there aren't those established boundaries to help figure out like, okay, when does this go from being helpful to being a burden? Right. We have a comment from Missy this morning, Tom, I want to jump in with it. Intent is how I mean it. Intent is how it lands on you. I'm not sure. I think there's a word missing there. I think there's a difference between intent. I can't figure out what the other word is, 
But I think she's what she's saying is, as we say something to someone, we have it. We're trying to accomplish one kind of communication. There it is. Imp, there you go. Um, no, that's fine. No problem, Missy. She clarified for me. Um, intent is how I mean it. Impact is how it lands on you. I think is what she's saying. Well, so, and there's also the intent that is that is read into. Right. You have one intent when you say something or send something by text. That doesn't necessarily mean, as she says, that it lands on someone the same way that you because their perspective on it might be different. And so they view it as, you know, as you said earlier, OK, might be somebody thinks, oh, yeah, for them, OK, is great. Right. For others, OK, is like, no, nah, I guess that didn't go so well. I think Edward has a good thing. A, a good word for it is interpretation. Yeah. Is, yes how it um, is how we each interpret what the other person is saying um, and the value that it has. You know, and I think it's hard to channel. control that, right? I mean, it's hard for me to control how you would interpret what I say to you. All I can do is react to how you might respond and say, whoa, whoa, that's not what I meant, Tom. I'm sorry. That's And you. it's almost like you bring it in concentric circles closer and closer and closer until you find that language together. That's where when you have real peer support over time, you develop that language, right? You you have the shorthand that makes it quicker. In the beginning of a peer support relationship, it often takes a while just to get the lay of the land, the rules of the road clear so that they know how you, you know, whether you're sarcastic, whether you're super serious or whether you're going to tell an example and it's going to take 30 seconds. I, th I think there are a lot of factors in it that we don't always consider when we're involved in doing it. We tend to just, let me give you some suggestions. Let me give you some advice. And I think Edward gets at it, uh, you know, em emotions affect interpretation. As does, I think, our knowledge and our experience and perspective. Right. And all of those things play a role in how, what's real for us and what whatever we see, how we then... Um, evaluate and manage that part of it. And Michael joins in with the comment, peer support can be beneficial at any time and particularly helpful during times of stress, change, or uncertainty. Just need to be to find opportunities for peer support can foster connection and support among peers, whether it's in person or online. So I think there's a value in that. I, I think in some ways this might be peer support, what we're doing now. Helping Someone people think through issues. I know it's supporting me because I'm starting to think about this issue in new ways because of the comments and thoughts that are being shared. Certainly. Uh, um, you know, I think that the other thing is figuring out whether it's it's what what really support the other person needs. And am well, I offering works. that? You know, that's part of the communication piece is when you ask someone a question and does the other person say, okay, what role am I playing today? Am I the listener? Would you like me to respond? And I think that until you start building a relationship with someone, it's hard to figure out what they're looking for when they come to you for support. I, I like it. So are you, uh, I'm sorry. I, I saw another comment. Uh, Edward says, and he's got to tell me one of these days, I feel like he likes to be called Ed and I keep calling him Edward because that's what I see. Something can be obvious to a mentor and denied by the mentee. Boy, isn't that truth? Well, and I think that goes to communication, 
Right. You know, and again, we, you know, one of the things that you can be, have a peer and they might be of a different generation and they might see things differently than you do. And so while it might seem obvious to one of the person, it's not as obvious to the other. And, and I think that goes back to about how we communicate, how we understand what are the boundaries around that communication and how we, as you said, start to understand language so that we start to see what is it that is their real intent, not just the perceived intent or how the intent lands on us, as Missy said earlier. So are you ready, Tom, for your one thing? Uh, I am, but I'm going to let you go first. Okay, I see how you're going to play it today. So I think for me, the one thing is really uh, the biggest challenges around peer support are around communication. Finding that common language and finding that common you know, experience perspective so you can at least clarify something so that you both understand what that discussion is. Because I think often that's where it breaks down. The communication is really the trick. And Edward says something can be... Uh, I'm sorry. I, I read that one already. I'm, a, I'm sorry. I, I'm a comment behind. I won't comment. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. What about you, Tom? What would be your one thing today? I think my one thing around it is boundaries, is really understanding, like, what is it that we're looking for? And how can that person be supportive? You know, there's, I think, so often that it's hard in a professional setting to understand what it is the person is looking for and are we willing to give it? You know, that's the other thing is that you are a peer. And so, you know, sometimes you don't want to just have to listen to everyone's griping or everyone's celebration. And yet someone chooses to feel like they have that kind of a relationship with you. And so every time there's an obstacle or an opportunity, you are the one who they reach out to. And you sort of feel like, well, we're friends and we're peers and I don't want to not feel like I'm supportive. And yet I'm taking up a lot of my time trying to be supportive of someone else that I don't report to, that I'm not connected to. It's outside of just that we have a relationship as peers. And so I think that as you start to build those peer supports, the challenges understanding is what is in it for each of them. And what are, their, what are they willing to share, provide, what kind of support they're willing to provide, and what they aren't. And I think sometimes we can take advantage of our peers for the needs that we have without really considering is how that is impactful on them. I think Ed uh, asks us a really great question here. Is a mentor that is younger less effective? And if I can tell a quick story around that, uh, when I was teaching um, not that long ago, I had students who, that would learn Excel. And Excel is a great piece of software. You can do a lot of stuff. And there are a lot of things like pivot tables and things that you can really simplify a lot of work around. And my students would learn those. They'd have It would just be normal to them. And they'd go into jobs and they would complain when they come back to campus, how's the job going? Oh, it's ridiculous. They're still doing things the old fashioned way. You know, I could do a pivot table that would solve these four things. They would, the input could come this way and that way. And they wouldn't have the discussion. They just kept frustrated. The person that they were working with would say, no, we do it this way. 
And I would always have to help them understand that you have to say it in different language. Hey, do you mind if I show you a different way that this might work and it might save you some time versus you should be using an Excel spreadsheet. And that kind of situation where you're, you know, it's my way or no way isn't really the mentor-mentee relationship. And I think often when generations clash, it's around that idea of just, uh, it's your way or it's my way, your way is old fashioned, my way is new and they can't coexist. And I think that can be a real struggle. Well, because they both want to be right. Therein lies the challenge is I think that, that you're not really offering that to me that what the students that you were working with, they weren't really offering support. They were coming in saying, you're wrong. I'm right. We should do Excel spreadsheets. It's so much more effective. And again, anytime you start to challenge someone like that, no one wants to feel like that they're wrong or the way they're doing things is wrong. And so it turns into a almost combative relationship. So and maybe think, meaning that, you, you know, having to be right in a peer support relationship would be one of the challenges as well, right? I, I think understanding is that there is no right or wrong, yep. as you know, I like to share. This but is given the challenge, them, right? that's the challenge. So the challenge is I want to tell you how to do it, Tom, and be right. I want you to do it my way. I don't want you to right. learn how it might work for you and take what you can. Well, I think one of the other things, too, is that I'm going to go back to Edward's question. Is a mentor that is younger less effective? And I would say not necessarily, or it depends. They just We all just have different knowledge, experience, and perspective. And there are things that we can learn if we are open to it from any kind of mentor, no matter what their age, no matter what their experience, what their perspective. They can add value because they know something likely that we don't. Or they at least know it with different knowledge, experience, and perspective. And that is an opportunity for us to be impacted, for us to learn. You know, in that same situation you described, if both groups had gotten together and said, you know, I know if the student said, I know we're doing it this way. And I can see how there's value. You've been doing that way for a long time. Have you ever thought about something, another opportunity, another way to do this that might be different? Could we maybe at least discuss like, okay, let's see your, we've looked at your way. Would you at least be willing and open to hear? Here's a thought that I have that might add value. And then have that conversation. And, you know, people are going to be impacted by those conversations in different ways. And if you're open, if you're truly open to peer support, you would take that and be like, okay, interesting. Doesn't mean that either one is quote unquote right. They just have different knowledge and experience. And so being open to other people's knowledge, experience, and perspective, to me, is a way that peer support can be extremely valuable. It's feedback, right? They're providing you with some feedback or at least an opportunity for you to share the challenges that you're at. And maybe there this time the support you need is someone just to listen. Sometimes the support you need is for them to respond. Sometimes the support you need from them is to just ask questions. And I think one of the biggest challenges, just like in that situation, your student didn't go in and say, hey, how can I be supportive of this group? And the group that was there didn't say, hey, we've got somebody who's new. Maybe they have some new knowledge, experience, and perspective to share. What do you see around this with, because you have not been here, 
So you might not be too deep into it to be able to truly see where there might be other opportunities. I'm going to close with Ed's comment. An old school veterinarian knows less than the mo about the modern technologies. And so you have that potential where you have someone who knows the technologies, but do you want the person who knows the technologies really well? Or do you want the person who's got the history of, oh, this little thing that you see on their toe actually means that the hoof is really going to be damaged and it wouldn't get caught by the latest MRI or x-ray or whatever. Well, it's interesting that I'm going to just share this. Uh, I see that all the time in the officiating world. You know, in the world that I'm in of women's lacrosse, especially at the college high school level, you get younger people sometimes who are more athletic, more fit, and maybe have played the game. And yet, and so they have some value. You also have maybe somebody who's older, who's seen a million plays, who's had to deal with a lot of different situations, who's dealt with coaches and fans and whatever, yelling at you and seeing, oh, okay, this is what this player does because I have a different perspective on it. And I think that the opportunity is that we all have value to share. So just like the old school vet who maybe doesn't know the modern technologies, as you said, they have some other tips or understandings that modern technology can't see, can't find, or modern modern technology has um, had new veterinarians skip over some things, believing that modern technology has all the answers. Edward tells a story in the comments. We don't have time for it, unfortunately, but... Uh... Good news for him. He mentored a vet, and the result was they got a free gelb. So there you have it. Nice. Excellent. So with that, Tom, why don't we wrap up? Because unfortunately, I have to be somewhere. Fair enough. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for being a part of our show, and especially for sharing your comments. Yes. We greatly you. appreciate that, and I think it added a lot to our show today. So if you happen to be listening to the podcast, unfortunately, there are not a lot of opportunities for you to share your thoughts and ideas. So join us inside the Ring of Renegades Facebook group where you can share those thoughts and ideas there. And while you're there, you might also find some ideas that others are sharing that add real value to who you are. And before you know it, it might be, they may become a peer of yours and you might be able to get some sort of support for them. So we look forward to seeing you inside our Ring of Renegades Facebook group. If not, we'll see you tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. ish for our next episode of today's antidote. Go out and enjoy your day, everyone. Hey, and whatever you do, embrace the renegading you. It is so worth it. Yes, it is. All right, we will see you soon. Thanks for listening to today's antidote, powered by the Renegade Success Network. The Renegade Success Network helps you confidently create your own unique pathway to success. To learn more about the Renegade Success Network and how you can take your next step, follow us on Twitter, connect on LinkedIn, or join the Ring of Renegades Facebook group. For full details on how you can join our community, go to renegadesuccessnetwork.com. Embrace the renegade in you.